Maniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and this is the second time I've recorded this intro. Uh, I don't know exactly what happened before. I had a lot of trouble with the microphone the first time around, and I just remembered just now, as I'm talking, that my computer updated uh, the last time I used it, like it did the update and shutdown thing. And I think that's what jacked everything up because the first time through I had to restart a couple of times because it wasn't using the right microphone and it took me a while to realize that because often my microphone levels get messed up anyway. Uh, and then it looked like it was recording everything at the right levels. But then when I went to listen back, somehow I think it was taking the sound from this microphone and from my webcam microphone. I don't, I don't know what was going on, but it sounded horrible. And I recorded like 10 minutes of intro and it sounded like shit and I couldn't use it. Well, it sounded, it sounded like I was in a room with a big fan, which if there was a microphone just in the middle of the room recording, that's what it would sound like. But I have a microphone on a headset and now I am going to stop. No time will pass for you. I'm going to stop and listen to what I've recorded so far to make sure it doesn't sound like shit. Success! It does not sound like shit. Or at least, it doesn't sound like I am in a room next to a giant fan. Uh, Alright, so, oof, this day is not going great. I, I got home from work, I crashed immediately because work is just absolutely destroying me lately got up brushed the old toofies because uh, i get the funk while i sleep so i had to brush the teeth uh grab some water grab some diet coke because i need my caffeine fix to do this and told the family i'll be right back i gotta record the intro for tomorrow's podcast well i've got to put the whole thing together uh, i'm trying to remember now what i talked about the first time i recorded this uh, I know for a fact I mentioned the Needless Things YouTube channel, which you should like, subscribe, and share to. No, don't share to it. Like it, subscribe to it, and share it with your friends. Um, toy reviews, uh, of course, episodes of the podcast, if you're listening to the Needless Things podcast on the Needless Things YouTube channel. Well, thank you for that. Uh, but the big thing over there are the toy reviews and other sort of little feature things like that that I do. This week, on Monday, I reviewed Jazzwares AEW Barbed Wire Accessory Set, which ended up being a whole lot of fun. I got it just because it's such a crazy thing to be part of a toy line in 2021. I love that they made it, uh, so go check that out. Fun little review. And then on Wednesday, I reviewed Hasbro's new Kenner Ecto-1 which is a reproduction of the old Real Ghostbusters Ecto-1, and it's awesome, and I'm looking at that little collection, the four Ghostbusters, the four Ghosts, and the Ecto-1 that have come out so far. I'm looking at that on my little display, like I set them up together to take a picture. Uh, I'm so happy with this little collection. I love it. I never had that Ecto-1 when I was a kid. I think if you're a Ghostbusters fan, I think you got to have it. So if you see that thing, don't, don't go to Walmart.com. 
and pay some third-party jerk $190 or, or Walmart's inflated pricing system, however that works, uh, $180, whatever. Uh, don't do that. I think they're probably going to show up in stores. I, it was like 30 bucks and well worth it. It's a steal for $30. Uh, but the box is relatively compact, so I think they're going to be able to load shelves up with them for the holidays. I think that's likely what's going to happen. Uh, grab, grab one. You, you will not be disappointed. It's it's having this Ecto-1 on your shelf is fantastic. All right. I, ta- I know I talked about more the first time around. I probably just complained about work more and uh, explained how sleepy I am right now more. But uh, I, that gets edited out now because we're, we're here to get this intro done before not a needless commentary. There will not be one of those this month. Uh, just because getting together, is, we got so much going on. Uh, a lot of us are being killed by work. Some of us are going on vacations like three times a month. Just lots of things happening uh, to where we couldn't all get together uh, physically. Uh, so we'll be back next month with our Escape from L.A. Needless Commentary. This month, because of the date, we are bringing you 13 Things We Love About Friday the 13th. So I, for some reason, I sang that the first time I recorded that. I don't and and I don't, I don't know why. So I felt like I had to do it again this time because it's funny and stupid. Uh, so that's what the episode is this week. But before we get to 13 Things That We Love About Friday the 13th, We've got some news. So I've got a couple of notes here, but when I pulled up Toy Arc for reference, the first thing I see is a Storm Collectibles Tekken 7 King action figure, which looks absolutely amazing. Uh, so if you want to see this thing, go to Toy Arc and check that out. I don't, I hate, I don't like, well, I can't say I hate fighting games because I have enjoyed them from time to time. Excuse me, and I do believe I've enjoyed Tekken. Uh, but this figure is incredible. This thing is blowing my mind. I love it. Uh, I'm not going to get it, but I love it. Uh, all right, so moving on, let me get my notes up here. Uh, I want to talk about TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ultimates Series 3, are on the way. They're shipping out from Super 7 now, and of course some people uh, already have them. And uh, that's awesome for those people. I'm really glad for you because I'm sure you've also been running a toy-oriented pop culture enterprise for over a decade now. Anyway, uh, mine are on the way. I'll be reviewing them on the Needless Things YouTube channel. Uh, I will have a full four days at some point. Well, I guess it'll be... It won't be next week because I don't get here till next Wednesday. So the week after that... Uh, so I guess, was that, the last week of August, probably. Uh, you'll get four new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles figures reviews. Uh, I'm very excited. I love the Ultimates. I love Super 7. So those are on the way. Uh, Roadblock, the Milky Way Roadblock. I can't remember his actual name. It's the fourth version of Roadblock in the G.I. Joe Classified series. It was an Amazon exclusive. Uh, and that that is here. Apparently some people are getting shipping delays on that. I just say, if, if you got an order in, just hang tight. I know it 
really stinks to see other people getting something before you do, you know, kind of like me with the TMNT Ultimates. But uh, if you got your order in, just be happy that you did, because I know some people somehow missed it, even though it was, uh, to, in my opinion, available for a pretty good chunk of time. Uh, but mine is here. I will be reviewing that next week on the Needless Things YouTube channel. Uh, in, in actual, like, announcement-type news... Hang on just a second. I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Superman is rolling. Mezco 112 Collective Superman Man of Steel Edition revealed. Uh, we first saw this, I want to say, around the time when Toy Fair would have been. Uh, they revealed it. And holy cow, you guys. So at ar around that time, I sold... So, and I know I say never sell toys. Never and don't. Never, ever, ever sell toys. But sometimes there are toys that are worth a lot of money that you know you really won't miss that much. I sold some of my 112 Collective figures. Uh, and I got to tell you right now, I'm looking at that shelf. When one, there's actually space on it for like a couple more figures now. I, I still am going to have to make room at some point. Uh, but I do not miss the ones I sold one little tiny bit. They were very. Sp I sold the older comic book Superman figure, and I, I want to say I got like 280 bucks for it. And now this one is coming out that is far, far, far superior. Uh, it includes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven heads. Uh, Black Mercy, the Phantom Zone projector, the little. What is this? The the bullet ricochets the old one came with all the different kinds of kryptonite uh the figure looks incredible very traditional looking superman costume uh th this is the superman this thing is amazing uh so mezco announced this it is currently still available for pre-order this is not one of their exclusives this is available from like big bad toy store entertainment earth wherever uh this this is a must-have you gotta get it uh, which is really tough because there's a lot of stuff I feel like I got to get right now, and there's too much. My my toy budget is literally not covering everything that I want to get right now, and I'm having to make some tough choices. And as of now, I have not yet ordered this Superman as much as I want it because I've got a couple of 112s on the way, uh, and then just everything else that went up for pre-order. I want that WWF New Generation ring from Mattel. And I think I'm going to have to skip it. I think I'm going to have to. So, yeah, that's what's up there. Uh, Retro Fantastic Four Marvel Legends. We kind of knew they were coming. They showed a Johnny Storm a while ago. And now the pre-orders are live. They're happening. They're real. And uh, the thing looks amazing. Human Torch, they got two different versions. Uh, they have got a flame-on version that is just basically a different colored version of the one, uh, the Walgreens exclusive one. Uh, and then we finally have a depowered or flame-off, whatever, Johnny Storm that looks awesome because what I've got is, I think I put a Captain America head because the old MCU Captain America heads barely even, well, they don't look like, uh, what's his face Chris Evans at all so I just stuck an MCU cap head on an extra Reed Richards body to get a, a Johnny Storm to go with my Walgreens Fantastic Four because I feel like you have to have both you have to have a regular Johnny 
and a flame on Johnny. Uh, but they're doing it here because the Hasbro Pulse exclusive, uh, unpowered, unflamed Johnny Storm is available, as well as the mainline release, Sue, Invisible Woman, and then the Pulse exclusive, uh, transparent, invisible, invisible woman, uh, which looks really good. I'm not totally sold on the face sculpt on this one because uh, they're, they're identical figures. Just one is clear and one has paint. I, it's I get what they're going for. They're going for the classic Fantastic Four look, but I don't know. She looks a little weird, but maybe in person she won't. And, and I don't love, I don't totally love the uh, Reed sculpt either, but I love what they did with the figure. Uh, he is... Hang on, let me do a little click here so I can see the details. He comes with a lab coat and interchangeable arms, so you can have him with his lab coat or uh, just in his uniform, his Fantastic Four uniform, which I think is awesome. He has regular uniform arms with hands with stretchy fingers, which I think is, is horrifying. For some reason, this disturbs me deeply, his very, very long fingers. Uh, but this is a great read. But again, the head on this one, that's ah, good. Never mind. I, I just clicked on it and looked at it again. Initially, I didn't love it, but I'm looking at it now. It's good. It's a really good read head. Uh, so those those are coming. These are classic, beautiful Fantastic Four figures on the old Toy Biz style packaging. Uh, they're also doing Psycho Man, which looks amazing. I don't really know anything about Psycho Man at all, other than I'm looking at him and he looks like a Kirby character a thousand percent uh and then the high evolutionary which i know from x-men comics mostly so i'm very excited about that one uh and then they also showed an x-force three pack with a great looking richter uh a cannonball with legs and the blasting effect uh and domino in in a, her very very 90s x-force look but domino domino and cannonball both have just hideous pens in their knees i'm not a fan of that but i want that richter really bad uh and, and i mean otherwise cannonball and domino look great but those pens are just awful uh all right what else have we got oh <laughs> okay so my my final bit of news is cm punk and brian danielson heavily 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 rumored to be showing up in aew uh, potentially tomorrow night. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if I believe they'll show up. I don't know if I believe the rumors. I don't know what they're going to do if they do show up. I, you know, part of me still feels like if Punk is going to come back, it's going to be for WWE money. But at the same time, showing up at AEW has that thumbing his nose thing that I know he would love so much and the creative freedom of AEW. Cause look, what, what if they bring CM Punk back and then treat him like Jeff Hardy? in WWE. It's ridiculous. I mean, I know he wouldn't come back for a contract that would even allow that, but just think about that. Think about basically, and I, I hate to say this because I try to be positive, uh, and, I, and I will always, you know, have a soft spot for WWE. Think about how much WWE sucks right now. Not the talent. The talent's phenomenal, and there are great things happening. Big E is Mr. Money in the Bank, and I think that's wonderful. Uh, there, there is good stuff in WWE right now, but I watched Raw in under an hour this week, uh, and I haven't been watching it. I just decided uh, I had some free time, and I was like, I'll throw Raw on because I'm tired, uh, and, and we'll see how it goes. And I, I managed to get the whole thing in in under an hour. 
That's pathetic. Uh, and I don't even want CM Punk showing up there. But at the same time, WWE or AEW seems kind of bloated. So I don't know, you guys. But anyway, that's enough. That's the news. It's time to get back on over, wrap up this intro, and talk about Friday the 13th. I, you know, I think I said tomorrow night Punk might show up. But for you guys... It is Friday the 13th. AEW Rampage is tonight. So tonight could potentially be the night that Punk shows up, right? Because it's in Chicago tonight, isn't it? Or is that next week? I don't even know, you guys. I'm tired. It is time to move on. Uh, Real quick, I just want to mention The Suicide Squad is fantastic. If you haven't watched it, watch it. Uh, I don't know that I can recommend going to a movie theater right now. Uh, things are a little nuts, but it's on HBO Max. Just sign up for HBO Max and, and watch it. Because there's tons of other great stuff on there, too. Because after we watched Suicide Squad, excuse me, THE Suicide Squad, uh, we finished the Harley Quinn animated series, or what's out now. There is a third season coming. It's been confirmed. Uh, and, and I still think that's the best version of the DC Universe. E- even though it features things that I generally don't necessarily want in my comic book adaptations... It is its own thing, so the profanity and the filth and whatever else. It's just hilarious. Uh, So, yeah, just sign up for HBO Max for a little while and watch those things. Uh, And then also, speaking of streaming services, Disney Plus's What If, which is an animated companion piece to the Marvel Cinematic Universe that presents if characters made choices that altered their stories, their realities. Uh, Hosted by Jeffrey Wright, basically being Rod Serling from the Twilight Zone, which I love. He is the Watcher who watches all of the multiverses. Uh, He's fantastic. The animation is absolutely Uh, mind-blowing. I don't even know what to say about it. It's, It's like Fleischer Studios made with a magical computer. It just... I need to watch it again. It made... It, it, it made my brain glow. The animation was so absolutely incredible, and I didn't realize how incredible it was until a few minutes in, and I was like, wait, what? the, the way that this is moving, the way that this is is designed and colored and, and everything about it, it, it's it's crazy. And the story is very good. Don't get me wrong. The story is very good, too. The voice acting, uh, you know, some of them are stand-ins. Uh, Josh Keaton is... Uh, Steve Rogers in this one, which if you don't know, Josh Keaton was Spider-Man in Spectacular Spider-Man, which I still feel is the best Spider-Man cartoon ever. Uh, but he's a gr- he's a great uh, Steve Rogers, and then uh, Peggy is voiced by uh, oh gosh, her name just fell out. Haley, that's a, is Haley Atwell? Is that right? Am I out of my mind? I am out of my mind. Because I came home and I slept for four hours. And I have no idea what's happening. Uh, Yes, that's her. Look at that. I googled it and then her absolutely beautiful, incredible picture came up. Uh, So yeah, Haley Atwell voices Captain Carter. uh, But it's Captain Carter. It's what if Peggy Carter became or received the uh, Captain America, the super soldier serum, rather than Steve Rogers. It's incredible. It's beautiful to look at. Uh, So I want to watch that again. I want to watch the Suicide Squad again. Uh, What If looks to be very promising. And I don't know if the animation style is going to be exactly the same uh, throughout all of them. I'll be okay if they change it up, but I also just want to see more of this gorgeous style. You guys, 
Uh, that is enough jibber-jabber for me. More than enough jibber-jabber for me. It is time now for 13 Things We Love about Friday the 13th. So grab your favorite cheap domestic beer, whether it be PBR, Miller Lite, uh, some Anheuser-Busch product. Uh, crack it open and listen to the Needless Commentary team discuss Friday the 13th. It is time to celebrate the convergence of events that is the newest episode of the Needless Things podcast coming out on Friday the 13th. So we are obligated by pop culture law to discuss the Friday the 13th franchise uh, of movies and more potentially. Well, I have no idea what, what all we're going to do here. Uh, but the idea of the episode is 13 things that we love about Friday the 13th. But, you know, we're probably going to get into stuff that we don't love so much as well. Uh, and that'll be fun. I've got a really insane thing going on for the listeners. This is going to be some really nice uh, to listen to you for you guys. Uh, I'm going to turn my background off because something really crazy is going on. There we go. That's better. I had to turn my lights on because I have to take notes for these. Like when we do these like list type episodes, I have to write down like whose turn it is and who picks what and whatever else. Uh, and I can't see if the lights it's, aren't on. It's probably a good idea considering there's alcohol involved. And we're an unruly <clears throat> bunch. There is alcohol involved. Although I have switched from Elijah Craig to four roses because four roses is about 20 bucks cheaper. Four Roses is good. It's, it's good. It's, yeah. Well, okay. Four Roses is fine if you've never had Elijah Craig. Nah. Fair enough. I I, I think it's it's got a different burn that I don't find as appealing, but I'll get used to it for 20 bucks less a freaking bottle. All right, guys. Uh, you've heard the voices. You know who's here, but of course, we're going to go around and introduce them. Uh, the, the man that we all love to hear from, who's always got the positive spin, the sunny side of life coming out of his mouth and his ass, Mr. Arian Gulick. My, my wall of asses. Yeah, yes, the, the, uh, the yeah. listeners cannot yeah. see the wall of butts uh and and joining us as well from lovely cadaver manor ryan and nicole the sweetest geekiest couple in the world hey what's up Hi. you're looking pretty sweet tonight buddy <laughs> I'm, I'm looking really tired tonight you're wearing a tank top and it's throwing me off it's because i don't give a fuck <laughs> we've got a few weeks before we've really got to give a fuck don't we sure sure We'll be we'll be given some fucks at Dragon Con. Oh, I can't wait. We will be given so many fucks. Mm. All right. So we're going to talk about Friday the 13th. We're going to do kind of a traditional needless. Th I say needless things. Literally every podcast ever does this kind of thing. Uh, we're just going to go around and talk about uh, Friday the 13th and, and do a thing where, for example, Nicole, why don't you tell us something that you love about Friday the 13th? So am I going? Is this it? You're going. This is it. I'm going. It's, okay. it's a go. You're on the spot. It is a go. Um, okay. So 
one of my favorite things about Friday the 13th, the series, my favorite moment. Um, it, one of my favorite movies is Seven. And I always tell everybody, like, I love every Friday the 13th, like a mom who has like a whole bunch of kids, loves all of her kids, but like for different reasons. Um, so I love them all. Uh, Seven, I love a lot because of what it potentially could have been. It was like the whole Jason versus Carrie thing. Um, unfortunately, it got cut to pieces, but the sleeping bag kill in part seven, where Jason picks up a, a, a woman in a sleeping bag and repeatedly slams her up against the trunk of a tree until she is, we're assuming, oatmeal in there. Um, now, unfortunately, in the cut that made it to the world, it was, um, you know, they they just, the MPAA just shit all over it. and, and it, It's it like one hit, there. right? Yeah. So, like, it, it was, so, like, when they filmed it, it was such an intense thing. Like, Kane Hodder, like, threw his back out. Like, he said it was, like, one of the hardest things he ever had to do was, like, swing this sleeping bag. It, and they hit it multiple times. It was like, wham, 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 wham. And if you see um, the, you know, the footage, the way it was intended to be, it was one of the most intense kills ever. So it's a favorite of mine. And they actually kind of paid, um, you know, some service to it in Jason X because seven got so fucked up. They sort of like, they had that hologram camp. Yeah. scene where he sort of redoes that kill. Only it's two um, girls. Yeah. Which is like, you know it, it's just a nod of like the love of that scene and so i love that scene for the way i see it in my head and how amazing it it is and what an amazing kill it is um i wish that you know we got to see the polished beautiful you know finished product on screen but i i that's a moment that i adore yeah it's it's Damn it. even even as is it's brutal and intense because mm -hmm. it is just, if I'm remembering it right, it is the one hit, but you can see the body basically like snaps in half on the tree. Like, and it's almost for not going on and on and on. Uh, it's one of those things, you know, like kills in a movie where everyone remembers it being more intense than it actually is on screen it's one of those moments yes and there's yes. several if i was able to like rack my brain um it's one of those moments where uh, like in human centipede when people talk about human centipede and how gross it is and this and that most of human centipede happens inside your head the grossness of it um this moment is kind of one of those things where a lot of the brutality that you're seeing is because it's so such a crazy concept it, a lot of it is like your imagination makes it that much more intense yeah you know? yeah so and, well i love that moment there's a lot of stuff like that in the franchise where especially if you saw it as a kid and maybe haven't yeah. revisited them uh things are a lot bigger more intense scarier more violent uh but the good thing is when you do go back and revisit them there's still plenty of fucked up shit to enjoy they they oh. Yeah. They're not in any way mellow. I love this 
series because of the creative kills because Jason doesn't just stab everybody with a machete, you know? I mean, you don't, you don't love it because the leads are great. <laughs> are you talking <laughs> shit about Corey Feldman? <laughs> well, the, I am inadvertently. I, I, Crispin Glover though. Come on, let's give it up for him. Uh, before we get any further, Nicole, you kicked us off very nicely, Thank but you. We've got some discussion questions. They're not discussion questions, group discussion, I guess. Uh, if you're a member of the Needless Things podcast Facebook group, and you should be, if you're not, go join right now. Uh, I put up a post in there asking, what's your favorite thing about the Friday the 13th franchise? Uh, with a nice little picture of the, uh, the dummy from part five impaled on the whatever the hell that farm implement is supposed to be. I'm Apparently not, farming is just shit that can really kill you. Yeah, I'm still not no other purpose. on what the hell that is. But uh, uh, our friend, Mr. Bo Brown said the standard set for lifeguard excellence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bob Burke, friend of the show said Jason in space. Now yeah. with him hundred percent on that. I love oh, Jason yeah. in space. So much. Uh, Gary Mitchell. Beloved leader, director of the Dragon Con Sci-Fi Classics track, said Kane hotter as Jason because you can tell what Jason's thinking, especially when he's pissed. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point because Kane Hodder's performance, uh, he brought a lot of nuance to Jason's movements and posture and everything else. You can almost you almost know it's Kane Hodder just from looking at it. There's a reason why he played Jason four times. Yes. You know, and it, it's it's because he embodies that. And, you know, it's it's a talent to be able to take a nonverbal role and convey emotion and feelings and, you know, confusion and anger and, you know, all that stuff. Um, I obviously am a huge Kane Hodder fan. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that he's the best Jason, even though some of the movies that he was in were not maybe the strongest don't the, even yeah. start on jason goes to hell oh, i'm gonna wanna, talk about jason i don't want to hear it moving on he, craig, craig crumpton craig crumpton is going to be that guy and say if nothing is an acceptable answer then i choose nothing yeah well, craig, so thank i you will for your say input. that that comment really irked me i don't know this guy i think he's <laughs> i think he's just being a funny guy on the internet it's fine and you know what this franchise isn't for anybody i'm sure he's more of an Anne of green gables guy and that's fine I'm sure he's very edgy um jason wilson jason's can do at uh, jason wilson director of the soon-to-be hit documentary troublemaker uh Jason's can-do attitude. That's the kind of unwavering tenaciousness that this country was built on. I think that's true. Yeah. Uh, Christina Sizemore, my least favorite is how misunderstood he is. You would be angry, too, if a bunch of people started drinking and having sex on your property and then lopped off your mama's head. I'm just saying. Absolutely. That's a very good point. Jason yeah. is, is really more of an anti-hero than a villain. Uh, Definitely our- a sympathetic villain. Yes, absolutely. Uh, our pal Beth said, Stephen Williams' southern accent in Jason Goes to Hell, maybe. But I also agree with Bob Burke. And, and on that point, all I will say is, Jason Voorhees. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, Rebecca Perry, Crispin Glover's dance moves in number four. 
I mean, yeah. honestly, possibly the best thing about the whole franchise. That was all my. That was list. one. Yeah, that was one of That's, mine. Uh, yeah, as well. You know, it's perfect. And uh, Chris DiPatrillo, two words: sleeping bag. There we go. So there you go. That is our uh, input from the group. And now it is time to move on. I'm very curious about this. Arian, what is one thing that you love about the Friday the 13th franchise? So the, the first one is probably my favorite one because uh, uh, it's, it uh, does something that uh, one of Dave's favorite things. It subverts your expectations oh. and plays with some horror movie tropes. So, uh, like they're setting it up for like, uh, this this guy Jason is like coming back and killing everybody, but then it turns out it's his mom. But then it also turns out at the end that like you know he jumps out of the water, and there really is a Jason. He's a rotten lake boy. It, I mean, aren't we all? Let me get a little bit, yeah, especially here in the yeah. south. Yeah, this movie Great. was subverting Great. expectations before the expectations even got invented. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, you know, remember this was 1980, so yeah, there were you know obviously there was a lot of horror and stuff like that. But I mean, Black, at this point, what was it? Black Christmas and Halloween were pretty much were kind of the only ones your yeah. your mass audience might know about. Mm, you know, Texas so uh, Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. But Texas Chainsaw Massacre is kind of in its own category. Well, and three three movies do not a genre make. Yes. No. Um, but no, it's it's so funny. Like, it, I can't really imagine what it would have been like to see it in the theater when it was released. Like, because I went into Friday the Thirteenth with expectations, you know of at least knowing about it was one of my you know early slasher movies but like still it was a thing when i started watching them and when i started watching slasher movies in like the late 80s it was like a thing like it was yeah yeah you know it was it was it was one of the pop culture touchstones of the 80s it's why now so many slasher yeah i mean shows movies whatever that get made uh, have that 80s vibe or even take place in the 80s like one came out every year of the 80s until like uh it skipped 87 between six and seven mm-hmm. i think so that's like. beautiful uh real quick the first time and I, I would imagine we're all gonna have the same answer but i mean everybody knew what part one was like you knew about jason by the time you saw part one it's not like it was the the reveal didn't necessarily get you in the way that it would have to an audience seeing it for the first time. Right. I for, part one wasn't my first. I'm not sure which one was my first. Yeah, it's it not the one I saw one. first either. Yeah, so I knew like I basically knew the story because I mean they rehashed the story in like two, three, and they rehashed the story in several of them, you know. I, I want to say one or two, three, and four all have recaps like previously on, yeah. Like, I five, think five has a recap do. too, yeah. You're right, five does because they want to establish, like, oh, it's Jason still, right? Yep, so Roy, um, whatever for me, the by the time I saw part one, I had already seen uh 
well, I don't I don't remember honestly which one I saw first. It might have been three. I, I definitely saw one first, but like it was like 87, 88, 89, somewhere in that time span. I was definitely like 10 to 12. And like by that point, like you knew who Jason was. See, and that's where I was at is is yeah. by the time I saw the first one, I I used I didn't used to like the first one because Jason wasn't in it. Yeah. Like by the time I pop, Jason was a pop culture icon already. And so to go back, like, well, I need to watch the first one of these. And then he, he's not even in it, uh, was weird. And also for years, I, it's, it's hard. You can't really overstate Jason's presence in pop culture in the eighties and the nineties. I mean, yeah. It was such a big thing that, like, I there may have been a point where I thought I had seen the movies and hadn't seen the movies. Like, that's how omnipresent he was alongside Freddy. Because Nightmare on Elm Street was my jam. Same. Probably still is. Uh, but to go back, I remember watching one and two for the first time and just being like, where's the hockey mask? Where, yeah. What is happening? What is this? I... I I specifically remember um, one being one. It was like Halloween three where everybody would talk about yes. it you know, and everyone would be like, Hey, that's the one that you don't rent at the video store. That's yes. the one you, like, because you're not going to get the guy like that guy's. Yeah. Not it. it was a thing. So it like, I, it was a long time until I saw one. Like I was like, probably like, I was probably like 16 or 17 when I like actually went back and watched one. I'd seen the recaps obviously and knew it was his mother but it was like it was probably the last one that I saw. I, I think, and I think I I had seen the re, you know you obviously you've seen the recaps, but I think until you watch one for the first time, you know, back before the internet, back before everybody knew everything about everything, whether they'd seen it or not, to watch one and realize like, oh shit, he's not in it at all. Like it's not like the first ten minutes are about his mother. Like it's this whole movie, and now. I love it. I think it's great. I think it's 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 actually a I would say it's a brilliant horror film. Yeah. Uh it's it's exploitive, like, but it's brilliant. Well, I think that when when you're looking at it through younger eyes, you know, through preteen and teenage eyes, especially growing up as people who um grew up with Jason being a thing, uh you know, it makes sense to be like that's fucking bullshit, you know, Jason's not in it. Well, it's, but it's then like to watch, watch it like as an adult, you're like, oh my God, this is a, right. this is an amazing movie. This is actually a really good movie. But yeah. when you're younger, it's like watching a porn with no sex. Yeah. It's like, this is not what I came here for. I came mm-hmm. here for hockey mask guy. Uh, all right. We got to move on. I am going to go, you know what? Right out of the gate. I'm going to go ahead and diverge a little bit. Uh, and and one of my favorite things about the franchise is actually Friday the Thirteenth, the series, the television show. Nice. I loved that show when when it was on. It was on uh, eighty seven to ninety, and I watched it religiously. Uh, and for for the listeners who may be like aware of the show but have never watched it because because the hockey mask guy is not in it. Yep. Uh, it was created by producer Frank Mancuso Jr., who got on board with the film starting with part two. And 
the show is being developed as something called the 13th hour. And it's about uh, these two cousins who inherit an antique shop from their uncle. Turns out their uncle made a deal with the devil, you know, as, as it, as it happens. Uh, and they have to recover all these cursed artifacts that are out there. And Frank Mancuso is basically like, well, wait a minute. I can call this thing Friday the 13th. And by 1989, Friday the 13th was a massive pop culture juggernaut. Yeah. Why not call the show Friday the 13th? Who gives a shit if it doesn't have Jason in it? People are going to watch it just because of the name. Not even doesn't have Jason in it. It doesn't have anything nothing, to do nothing with the to movie. Do with it. What, it's not even like it was a spinoff or it has no, zero no. things to do there's, with it. There's not even an episode because I, I remember being younger. I was thinking, well, it's surely at some point there will at least be an episode where they're like looking for Jason's mask or something. Nothing. Uh, but it's a great syndicated horror show. Uh, I, a couple of years ago, got the whole series on Amazon for like 20 bucks on DVD and have watched it a couple of times through now. And if you, you know, it's of its era. So I'm not going to say a young person watching it with modern eyes is going to be like, yeah, this really is incredible. But if you have an eye for that period of time, it really is a good show that I think holds up the relationship between Mickey and Ryan is you get it. You understand what's going on. Uh, it, it's it's a good show. There are three seasons of, you know, spooky item of the week. And, and it's everything from a cradle that drowns people to like uh, cursed boxing gloves. to It's it's wild. It gets really, really wild. And every episode is pretty darn good. It's, it's one of those things where now in the third season, they replaced Ryan with like a, a younger guy. That at first you're like, fuck this guy. This is Ryan. But then as you watch it, you're like, oh, it doesn't matter. Whatever. Uh, it's 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 a good, fun show. You can watch a few episodes at a time and enjoy it. But I just, I still, when I watch it, get the feeling I had when I was a kid. Because being a syndicated show at the time, uh, in the late 80s, it was really pushing the envelope for violence and gore. Or sex and violence and, and just R-rated stuff. And it really felt like you were watching R-rated content just on TV. It felt mm-hmm. it felt naughty, uh, and I dug that. And now, you know, going back and watching it now, it really is still pretty pretty hardcore for something that was just on, you know, USA or whatever the hell channel it was on. I don't think I put that in my notes, but but it was it was something that was accessible to me. So it was, you know, one of the basic cable at the very least. Might have been. You guys ever watched that show? I think it was called Fringe. Yes, um, yes, of course, Fringe, greatest it, science fiction like, show of all time. Um, it, but it's very reminiscent of that because yes. they kind of have to go the and formula. find like the cursed item, yeah, and whatever, undo it. <laughs> and, and Friday the Thirteenth obviously wasn't as uh, connected as you know. Fringe was told in a different era of storytelling where everything had to have a big overarching uh, yeah. season long thing. Uh, but, but it's, it's episodic. You can watch one episode and get everything you need out of it. You don't have to sit there and watch like eight episodes to understand the story. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I dig it. I really love this show. I really do. Yeah. Ryan got it for me, uh, for a birthday or Christmas or something like that. And it's wonderful. All right. Ryan, 
What is something that you love about Friday the 13th? I'm going to have to go with the opening to my favorite Friday the 13th, uh, Jason Lives. Mm. The opening to that movie with the weird, absurd, like James Bond kind of opening. <laughs> yes, uh, that's the whole tone for the movie. Yes, that's uh, that's a thing that I like. That's that's my speed because at that point, you know, everything's established. It's no longer like mysterious. You know, it's like it's like hell yeah, this is a Jason movie. You came here for this. It's ridiculous. Let's do it. Like that's I love it. And and it's zombie Jason. It's yeah. it's where we get the the Frankenstein reanimated Jason. Really, the whole opening of that movie, it's incredible, is awesome. Horshack, come on, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That that's the the James Bond, you know, the little circle coming in. Jason turns, slashes the machete. It it's it really is. Buckle in, we're we're gonna get fucking crazy this time. Exactly, and yeah, that's I, what. In my opinion, at that point, that's what the franchise needed. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. We we got, uh, honestly, four very solid movies because if you look at just the first four movies, they're very very different. the The first one is the mom. The second one is is Sackhead Hillbilly Jason. The third one does the 3D experiment and is even though it's might be the worst one of the series is i'll, I'll get to that one <laughs> is in a way the template for how the rest of the series is going to go yeah uh and then part four kind of ups that formula a little bit and then five we we get roy roy i love roy which is a whole other thing that you know now i realize was very successful and then six it's like all right, Jason's back. We got to kick this motherfucker into overdrive. Yeah. Like the fact that he just walks, every time he walks into a room, the door just explodes. Boom. It's the best shit ever. <laughs> it's just so good. It is. It is he so walks good. By doors and they're like, yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. Surprise, motherfucker. That his yeah. Jason, not only is Jason undead at this point, but he has the magical ability to turn doors into splinters. Yes. Which, like, you can't fuck with that. No, no, you can't. Uh, Jason Voorhees ain't nothing to fuck with. Yeah. Uh, all right. Got to bring it back around. It's time for round two. Nicole, what is your next favorite thing about Friday the 13th? Amy Steele, a.k.a. Ginny, part two. Greatest final girl ever in the history of horror. Personally. I love Ginny. Um, she, and again, this was still very early in Final Girls and stuff like that, but she... Right, it wasn't It wasn't quite a trope yet. Yeah, and so it's not like she was a response to other worthless, you know, helpless Final Girls, you know, um, but she was smart, competent, uh, completely um, able to take care of herself. She, you know, a lot of things went against her, but she made intelligent choices considering like the information that was presented to her. Um, you know, she like, she very quickly catches on that shit is fucked up, you know? 
Uh, I just, I, I absolutely love her. Um, she's, she's my favorite final girl for anybody. And the whole shit at the end with um, making the connection, you know, as she runs into the shack and she sees the shrine yes. and makes the connection that, okay, this is significant. This, you know, I pretty sure that this is this guy's mom because she has heard the story now because again, right. you capped it in the beginning with the campfire story about the mom losing her head. And well, here's a head. It's gotta be the mom. And then, you know, so her solution is that like, cause I, you know, I think she was like a child psychology student. I think she said at one point in the story. So you know, she kind of takes on the persona of mother. She puts the most the honestly, on. honestly, probably the grossest thing in the entire franchise is her yeah. putting that grody sweater on. Blood soaked, <laughs> probably molded, Ugh. nasty Mrs. Voorhees. But lice. Yeah. You know, because you know, Jason's just crawling with lice. Oh, lice, yeah. And it's not like he laundered ticks. the thing, you know? <laughs> what are what are the chiggers? Yeah. The little things that burrow into your skin. He's Ugh. covered in all that shit. And it's all over that sweater, too. Because, you well, know, yeah, Jason probably hasn't bathed in 20 years. No. Oh, gosh. Think about the smell of that guy. Like even yeah. pre zombie. I bet I bet zombie Jason doesn't smell as bad as living Jason. I oh, would, yeah. Yeah. I would say yeah. that's probably pretty accurate. Ugh. Um, but yeah, what one of Ginny's my absolute awesome. favorite thing. I, I absolutely love Ginny. She is um she's fantastic. She kicks ass the whole time. And, and the moment and, when she was like, There's someone in this room, she's like, There's someone in this fucking room. I love that moment so much. To to this day in the series, she's probably the best female character, mm -hmm. except for the robot in uh <laughs> yeah jason x with, with but that. the nipples yeah but is a robot technically female uh, i mean she's yeah. built like a female <laughs> i mean i feel like if you're sentient you can identify as whatever gender or non-gender you please and yeah. this robot identifies as a female so this is counts. 2021 thank you that's exactly <laughs> either way jenny one of my favorite things about Friday the 13th and my favorite final girl, period. All right, Arian, what is your second favorite uh, thing? The the absurdity that is uh, Friday the 13th part eight, Jason takes Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's uh, just the uh, putting Jason on a boat was hilarious to me. I don't know. Putting uh, Jason on a boat that goes to Manhattan. Yeah. Yes, uh, from, from, from a landlocked lake. lake. From Crystal Lake. Yeah. <laughs> Which, shh, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> there are so many moments that you just have to say. It just, yeah. it's, it's fine. The, the commentary on that movie makes the movie worth watching because I am, I've made note we did a commentary on it. Uh, not our comment. Well, our commentary we is too. fantastic we as well. But the actual studio produced commentary, uh, makes that movie worth watching because they actually do address like at one point in production we realized that crystal lake is landlocked how did they get to the ocean and we're like ah fuck it <laughs> <laughs> um so and actually i'm not sure if that was the commentary or some of the bonus features but whatever the case you need to get your ass to the store 
and if it's even still available, I don't know. That Shout Factory box set it's incredible. is the fucking bomb. Mm-hmm. And that's not a term I use lightly. <laughs> that that set is incredible. And my gosh, after Halloween, they did that set. They did the Friday the 13th set. Where is my Nightmare on Elm Street yeah, set, Shout Factory? Saying. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're either working it. on it or... Well, there was... Okay, so... Rumors about a nightmare set leaked, and then Shout Factory was like, "That's not real. We're not doing that." So I don't know. Which, granted, that's the thing companies say when stuff leaks and they don't want it to leak. So who knows? But my gosh, we need a nightmare set so freaking bad. Yeah, uh, and it does not need to include the remake though, which it probably yeah. will. Ugh. But I will, I will I take that, that disc. I will take that disc out. I'll credit card swipe it up my ass and throw it in the trash. Yeah, it's terrible. It's it's fucking unlike the Friday remake, which is not bad. Which is good. Yeah, the Friday like remake is good. It's like not it. even not bad. It's good. Yeah, remind me. Uh, I have a, a fun story about the Friday remake. Hold up. Go for it. Do it now, now. unless you want to save it for your. No, no, no. I'll, I'll tell you guys after the. Uh, oh, the oh, this is secret. It's a little inside baseball. Did, like, Join the needless yeah. things only fans to get this story. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, uh, Ryan, what is your next favorite thing about Friday the Thirteenth? Friday the Thirteenth, the NES game. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> all right, hear me out. <laughs> so the game, yes, it's impossibly hard. It's not necessarily fun. Um, <laughs> But I love the the feelings that the imagery from that game give me because I had that game. I had the nightmare game. I had every horror game that came out, no matter yeah. what it was. And it was like this weird cover with uh, Jason, but he had like a rainbow behind him. It was, it was so <laughs> well, it's the LJN no, it's like actually a good video game series. Uh, it's Splatterhouse. Yes, yeah, Splatterhouse, Splatterhouse is, is awesome. awesome. Splatterhouse rules. Which yes. is not directly, you know, inspired by. Uh, what are you trying to say? Because the main character is a hulking beast that wears a hockey mask and wields a machete. What 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 point are you trying to make, Arian? I don't see any similarities. None at all. But anyway, anyway, Ryan, no. please share your nostalgia. So uh, I I used to play the game all the time. I never would get anywhere, and then it ends with like all your friends are dead, you lose. Uh, which was, you know, that was a, a real wake-up call. Yeah, it was uh, very realistic, I guess. But uh, at the end of the day, I don't know. How to, but I loved, I loved the uh, music to that game. Yes. Yeah. And it's still, like, if I hear it now, and I, I'll hear, like, current songs that use some of the same progressions as the music from that Friday the 13th music. And I'm like, oh, man, that gives me, like, the Friday the 13th vibe. And it's not even, like, music from any of the movies or anything. So let me ask you, yeah. because I hated that game uh, because it was so hard and because yeah. it was by the by the time I played it, um, it was 1994 and I was I was working in video game exchange, which was a precursor to GameStop and, and whatever else. Uh, and we were encouraged like. If there are no customers in the store, we want you to play. Literally, we want you to play every game in the store because we want you to be able to talk about these games. 
So the first time I ever played the Friday the 13th game was in 1994. Uh, I'm 18 years old and probably not even really playing NES games anymore. I'd moved to Super Nintendo by that point. Uh, I played this game. I was like, this is, this is shit. This is terrible. This is just hard as fuck. There's no point to it. I don't get it. However, I love that there's an NES game of this R-rated gory movie franchise and it is part of the nostalgia of Friday the 13th. And that being the case, I had to buy NECA's video game-based figure. Oh, yeah. Do you have the GameStop one that when you open the box, it plays yep. the music? Yes. yes. It's beautiful. It's yeah. great. It's and that's beautiful. the music I'm talking about. It's and, that's, and that's it. Is It's not even really about the game. It's about what the game represents. It's about that era, about that point in history where these gruesome horror movies were getting representation in, in essentially a children's video game world. Oh, yeah. It's crazy that it even happened. So I, when I saw that figure in GameStop, I was like, ah, shit, I hate that game, but I, I have to have that figure because of what it represents. I mean, I did fully like, I had that game like when it was like, I don't think I had a Super Nintendo. I don't think I had a Sega. Like I played it like that was like the best graphics I had ever seen when I played that game. So, <laughs> I mean, I did really like it and I played the shit out of it. I was always confused because like, you know, obviously you fight Jason and stuff, but I was always confused at why there were like zombies jumping out of the lake. Just because they had to have other had characters that weren't Jason. Like yeah. it just had, it had to have more like than just him. Yeah. Game long boss fight. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, that's a good point. That's kind of what the game was. Yeah, so uh, I I don't know. That's my pick. I, it's not a great game. I fully accept that, but I do fully have nostalgia for it. And if I hear that music, it takes me back. So, my next pick, uh, sort of in keeping with your non-movie choice, back in ninety. 798-ish Spencer Gifts released a line of plush horror doll figure things. They're about gosh, I guess they're probably 24 inches tall. They have plush bodies with wire frames inside and they've got plastic uh, rotocast heads and they they hit all the big boys. They've got uh, Leatherface, Freddy. Um, when did Scream come out? Scream was 99, right? Yeah. So this had to be unless the Scream, Scream one... was 96. What the fuck? Yeah, we're old, dude. 25 okay. Okay, so this was probably 97 or 98. So it's Leatherface, Freddy, Ghostface, uh, Michael Myers, the Crypt Keeper, two different versions of the Crypt Keeper, and Jason. And uh, I went into a Spencer Gifts that uh, back, back in the day, Spencer Gifts was not all like dildos and shirts that say fuck. They actually had toys and like unique, cool horror stuff. And before Spirit Halloween, Spencer Gifts was the place to go 
for your Halloween masks and ornaments and decorations and everything mm-hmm. else. Like in mm-hmm. September of after Labor Day of every year, Spencer, they would redo the whole fucking store so that the front half was all basically Spirit Halloween. What you see now when you go into Spirit Halloween, only it would be crammed in the front of a Spencer Gifts in a mall. Well, so Spencer really was kind of your place to go if you wanted horror merchandise. Like it was either that or the mail order shit in the back of Fangoria. Mm-hmm. So Spencer Gifts had commissioned this line of talking plush horror dolls. And the Jason Voorhees doll is just one of my favorite things that I own. Uh, what did he say? He, he goes... Okay, okay. Um, and actually, I don't think I've got... I'm glad. I'm glad he wasn't like, hey, what's up? Well, I, re- I recently redid that whole section of the phantom zone and like dusted it gave everything a thorough cleaning and i would go over and grab him and press the button but i took the batteries out of those guys because you obviously you can't leave batteries in things or they corrode um so he doesn't have batteries in him right now i wish i'd thought more in advance and done it but that's what you you squeeze him and he's got a little voice box in his chest and he does jason (laughs) yeah Hi, I'm Jason. I'll be your buddy. Mom. Where's my have you seen my mama? Um, no, it's not that. It it plays like it's literally a sample. Because it, it not only does it do the the but it has the music playing behind it. Nice. So you can tell it's literally the sample from the movie. But <laughs> he's got the the big He's got like an oversized plastic sculpted head. He they all come with all of their weapons, like uh Leatherface, Michael Myers, Ghostface, and J- you know, Freddie's got his glove and he's got a hat. Uh, but they each come with like one accessory. But his machete is like tiny. So <laughs> for some reason, all of their accessories are like a third the size they should be. So it's this big 24-inch hulking, like pretty good looking Jason. With this little tiny machete, but I just I love this thing. Uh, machete envy. It's it's uh, yeah he probably does because honestly I've got a couple of NECA figures that their machetes are bigger than this gigantic Jason. Um, but it was the weirdest thing. We went into the Spencer Gifts and I was like, gosh, I'd love to have those. Those are awesome. And the guy, I don't know why to this day, uh, I don't know why. And I, I was friendly to him and had a conversation and we talked a little bit uh i ended up buying those i ended up buying if you remember art asylum uh they were a company that started off doing toys uh they would sculpt toys for mcfarland and then they branched off and started doing their own stuff they did rob zombie toys they did kiss toys there were uh art asylum released a, a line of 24 inch kiss action figures uh, that played, they played samples. Uh, and I, there was this jeans, they did all four members of kiss. And I actually think they might've even done two lines of these. Uh, but they, I bought the Gene Simmons and all of these horror dolls. I don't know why to this day, the guy gave me 75% off of everything. <laughs> That's amazing. I don't know probably, why. Probably because you were cool and he was having a shitty day at work. So that had like, to be it. Yeah, but like, yeah. That's not even that's the that's not even the employee discount. That's like the insanity dis like that guy had to get shit canned at some point. 
Uh, but yeah, so I got all of those dolls, um, the 24 inch Gene Simmons, maybe a couple other things. I don't know. And, uh, it's just incredible. But that Jason Voorhees is my favorite of the bunch because he just, I, there's something about having this little plush Jason that you squeeze him and he makes the noise that is just delightful to me. Do you guys, do you have any recollection of these? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you've, you've seen them at my house, obviously, but like, do you remember you know, me? Upstairs I, I fully do. I, I remember that uh, Spencer's used to carry all sorts of horror stuff. And uh, I remember it being like a huge deal. I remember they had like all those badass like Chucky and Bride of Chucky dolls that were like yeah. the life size ones. Like, yeah, I, I I I went there all the time looking at all that stuff. Could never afford any of it. It uh, used to be like, well, even before Hot Topic, Spencer was yeah. like the oh, yeah. cool store in the mall. And yeah. uh, I I did get the Puppet Master uh, Blade figure from there. Yes, that, yeah, because they carried actual figures too, and they didn't have just like McFarlane stuff. They carried weird shit like the because Full Moon released their own line of figures of puppet master figures long before NECA did it long before anything else, there were full moon puppet master figures. And Spencer was the only place you could go aside from your local comic shop. If they decided to carry them. Yeah. Spencer was somewhere you could go and walk in and buy weird shit like that. Yep. I remember, I remember, um, I bought a bunch of the figures there and I remember that they had like the, uh, the actual like blade doll as well. Like the pretty oh, you know, that's crazy. Yeah. So and he, he like yeah, I I love that. I still got it. So. And now yeah. I- at first, I thought you were talking about um, several years ago. I was at Days of the Dead, and I came across, and I've showed it to you, but you probably oh, nothing, nothing will ever match that. You're fine. I it's this completely. Isn't it Jason goes to hell? Random. Um, Jason doll that I found on a table at Days of the Dead that had no label on it. It was just sitting there, like a vendor table, not just like a table table. Um, and it's a it's a stuffed body, and he's wearing like brown shirt and pants, and he's got plastic feet, hands with a machete, and head. Um, and it had no tag on it or anything. And I kind of grabbed it and I said to the guy running the table, I was like, What is this? And he was like, I have no idea. I'm not, I don't know where that came from. Like, I don't think like, he's like, it's on my table, but I'm, I don't know how it got here. And I was like, well, like how much? And he was like five bucks. Um, and so I paid the $5 and yeah, that's it. That's Ryan just pulled it up. It's yeah. just a fucking random ass doll. I think and it's I love from it. Jason goes to hell, oddly enough. Yeah. Well, this one, I just, I looked up cause I had to know what year this was. This was 99 is when these dolls came out and there's actually an auction or there uh somebody has them for all six of them on sale right now or not on sale for sale for twelve hundred dollars god but i mean that's that's think about it that's over 20 years ago these are like vintage now and yeah your little guy is incredible i've never seen anything like that because you know mezco did some really neat weird like soft goods Mm-hmm. Jason figure releases too, but I've never seen anything like that one you've but got. He's kind of big, not he's, he's big. not really big, but he's big like as, as con- compared to like you know NECA shit and well, stuff. But like he's that. he's I mean it's it's he's uh, like 
stuffed animal it's, yeah it's big bag. enough to qualify yeah. as stuffed animal size and that's the mezco ones i'm thinking of are like nine inch figural things they're not plush like this yeah so you that's that's a really unique piece that you've totally got, random find five bucks he like came down from the horror movie gods and was yeah. placed on this vendor table for me to find and pay five dollars for at days of the dead and like literally the guy was like i don't even know where that came from it just and ended up on my table you can have it for five dollars and that's the magic of like conventions and in-person yeah. events finding if, yes. shit that you didn't even know that you needed to have <laughs> so that wraps up our second round it is time now by tradition to talk about things that we maybe don't love so much about friday the 13th uh our least favorite things about the franchise we because look for everything that you love, there are things about it that you don't love. So, uh, Nicole, why don't you tell us something that maybe isn't your favorite about the franchise? So, my... I'm going to try to, like, trim it down. My least favorite movie is Part 3. And you kind of touched on this briefly. Um, and when I say my least favorite, I'm including Jason Goes to Hell. My least favorite is part three. I I think that part three is the most phoned in of any of the, you know, uh, of the franchise. Um, the main girl's story is fucking retarded. Ooh, uh, it's bad. It's not good. It's a bad, it's a silly story. It's silly story. Um, sorry. <laughs> so her, you know, and apparently there was talks about bringing Ginny back for part three and making part three be about him stalking Ginny, which and, and is really cool. That's what it feels like it should have been. Yeah. Instead, they have this girl that has never been in any of the other parts and has no history with Jason, but she tells this story about being attacked by Jason in the woods and surviving on like some just bullshit reason that she survives her encounter with jason which anyone else that has survived an encounter with jason it's been a fucking thing like a whole movie about surviving your encounter with jason well this and her, like, her encounter is not like anybody else's encounter no not remotely it doesn't fit it doesn't make any sense it is it's the worst writing it's like it just doesn't fit in there that movie i mean and i don't i'm cool with gimmicks you know the the 3d gimmick thing um cool you know like whatever but um it didn't have any other than the hockey mask which it did give us the hockey mask and so of course you know that's rad other than that it has nothing to offer um i even don't hate shelly like everybody else hates shelly um i think that shelly was annoying but whatever he served his purpose and, yeah. and in retrospect uh yeah i don't hate him i hated him i hated him for a long time but now i'm kind of like no you know what they needed that character yes he's he well he's potentially the, is the most important times. character in the movie yeah he really is um i i hate the main girl chris i think her name is the character's name um, I hate her. Her performance is dumb. 
Um, her character is like, all she does is just like moan and faint a lot. Um, <laughs> she's true. completely, you know, just brings nothing. In, and especially to go from Ginny. I mean, this yeah, yeah. intelligent, you know, kick ass woman who really gives Jason a run for his money to like this smarmy little like damaged but for no particular reason because like i don't even know if this thing really happened bs story thing i i have very little love other than the fact that we got the hockey mask from three i do not like if you remember uh, a couple years ago on a friday the 13th we we had a little grill out you guys came over and we had the marathon going on i remember some of it and (laughs) I remember Ryan dragged me around the yard in the sleeping bag and it was Jason. probably not well, no, that was the J- that was the Jason Olympics. Oh, this, okay. this was this was a more low key event where we were just hanging out watching the movies. But part, oh, no, OK, I know what you're talking part about. three was on when I finished grilling and it was time to eat. And like while we were eating, I was like, wait, should I pause this? And we're like, nah <laughs> no, it's okay it's fine we'll wait till a good one yeah it it's i don't i won't say like i said i love all the friday the 13th movies um that that is you know if they three, were my three children, is the that least would be the one them. that went to jail and <laughs> you know like didn't wash and you know called me an asshole at thanksgiving three goes to jail and you're like you know what Maybe we'll save that bail money in case six needs it. Maybe he'll learn from it. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yes. yes. Uh, Arian, what is something that you do not love about Friday the 13th? The, the fact that uh, Dick Warlock was only the stunt coordinator for Friday the 13th Part 5 as opposed to the entire series. Uh, you just like seeing Dick Warlock. Yeah, I just like seeing. Well, who doesn't? Uh but we do have a Halloween uh, Friday the Thirteenth crossover with Dick Warlock. It's true, it's yeah. true. He was well, the... and like he was he was Kurt Russell's personal stunt double for like twenty freaking years. Yeah, and uh, Big Trouble in Little China, uh, friggin' uh, Escape from New York, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, I feel like the uh, the series could have done with some more boobies. <laughs> it's it's not not enough boobs. That's Never fair. Boobies. I think that's a fair critique. No. Um, I am my my thing that I I don't love. NECA released a series of supposed prop replica masks. Now, Arian, I know you don't have any of these. But Ryan uh, and and Nicole, do you have any of the NECA prop replica masks? No, all of ours are. Uh, who's the guy who does ours? Uh, we have like seven of them, but I, yeah, I don't know who makes them. It's it's um, some like independent. Arian, are you holding a weasel? What is that? Oh, it, it's a cat. Okay, it's murder cat. Oh shit! shit, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't remember because I'm on the spot, but there's a guy, and I've got several ones from other places, but the majority of my uh, Creation X, yeah, I think I think it's Creation X with a K. Okay, um, this guy hand makes them, um, and they're 
fantastic. And uh, he he weathers them and customizes them yeah. and does Each, all kinds of things. Yeah, there's he's got some that are like just unique that he's made, and he's got one for each movie, and he's got uh, the video game one and several other. Um, yeah, uh, but they're all I, weathered and chipped yeah, away. Yeah, beautiful. Well, I bought one of years ago. I bought one of NECA's supposed prop replica masks. And to me, prop replica means it's a replica of a prop. I know that's crazy. I know that's me attributing a lot of, of meaning to just words. I mean, how dare you hear words and think they mean what you think they right. mean? So this mask that I have, now it's very nice. It's very well made. It's thick. It has a cool feel to it. Uh, it's probably like resin. But size-wise this would not fit on my son when he was like eight years old it's the tiniest like when i put it and i think i like i'm six four i think of myself as relatively jason size now granted i am bigger than kane hotter but this thing covers like i know this isn't good for the listeners but it covers this portion of my face it's it's like the size of my hand on my face. It's like a masklet. Yes. Yeah. I don't and I don't understand how NECA could put these out and call them prop replicas. Uh, it doesn't even cover your chin. Right. It, it's it's you you couldn't wear it under any circumstances as, as a replica of a Jason Voorhees mask. Is this and a mask for ants? On the <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> It's a mask for little people, apparently. Like, if you wanted to do a little Jason Ugh. cosplay, <laughs> that, that would be fine. Um, but, like, on the shelf, it looks fantastic. Like, it's all, like, everything's accurate about it. It looks great. And I actually have it on one. You know those little, uh, those things that fancy old people buy to put collectible plates on? Like, the little stand that folds out and it's got the yeah the little gold stand thing yeah, yeah, yeah. i've got it or on the one bl- yeah there's a black They're one like that folds out too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 um Fancy i've got it on one of those with the the replica freddy glove up against it. it looks really nice on the shelf but if you take it down and try to do anything with it it's it's worthless it's terrible like these out of all the awesome stuff that NECA has done this is this is not part of it then that annoyed the heck out of me because it comes in this this back when toys r us was still a thing i got this from toys r us and it comes in this really nice plastic like clamshell oh i remember that awesome yeah yeah yeah. they look awesome and you buy it you get it home you open it up and of course the first thing you want to do with a jason mask is put it on right yeah and i like put it on the top of my head and it just kind of like sat like right here there was no there was nothing it's it's they're not good, you guys. I'm sorry. If you want, if you just, if you just want to hang it on the wall as a decoration, it's fine. But it's a little pricey to be something that you can't actually put on your face. And the fact that you can go to the Spirit Halloween store and buy one for like twenty bucks. Now, granted, I'm not talking about those soft burrito things, <laughs> the, the foam ones. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, mine are pretty much like I put them on display, but yeah, yours I are kick ass and do wear them from time to time. Well, I, I think they're, I think the ones that you've got are like legit hockey masks that he has weathered to yeah. look like Friday the 13th masks, which is what you should do, like mm-hmm. because they look incredible. All right, anyway, that was my 
That's my thing I don't love. Ryan, what you got for something you don't love? Um, I am going to have to say the eyeball scene in part three. Where the oh. eyeball shoots out towards the camera. Um, it pisses me off. It's terrible. <laughs> the yeah. worst effect in the entire series. It's bad. It's not good. I don't know. It was part of that 3D gimmick, you know. It's so obvious. I like I like 3D shit. I just don't like it when people are like, ooh, look at this. It's but that's close. what that's what all of part three is, though. Yeah, and actually, to to me. That's kind of the only redeeming charm of part three is it is fun to sit and watch the like, oh, 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 yeah, let me grab like, this the arrow, the harpoon yeah. arrow. Yeah, thing. Right, right, like, right. Like, really? The harpoon's pretty sweet, but yeah, the uh, can't can't deal with the uh, the eyeball scene. It looks so yeah, dumb. You're right. It looks terrible. It's terrible. You just, and, and now with these fantastic shout tra- uh, shout factory transfers, you can see like the string. Like it's, it's oh just, yeah, it's it's bad. it's bad. It's bad. You're right. All right. Now that we've gotten that out of our systems, we've cleansed our souls of some of the most negative aspects of Friday the Thirteenth. It's time to move on, and in our final round of celebration. Of this magical, inspiring oh, final franchise. Final round, I have so many more. The, the, well, t- tough shit. Uh, okay. Nicole. So for, <laughs> Nicole. For a second, I was thinking that I got 13 things. No, no. <laughs> and that's not because, because we do not have a, a 20-hour podcast, my dear. Okay, uh, no, you I get, have 13 things ready you, to go. But, but you do, you do get one more thing than the rest of us because we need a 13th thing or a 13th good thing because technically technically we're gonna have uh 17 things but four of them were bad so those don't count towards our 13 things that we love so what is what is your third thing that you love about friday the 13th okay okay ethel from friday the 13th part five she Wilson is, Wilson is gonna love you for this. Ethel is fucking amazing. When she calls her son a dumb dildo, it's just uh, yeah. she, she is she's glorious. Not wrong either. Yes. Not wrong. Oh my god. And she sings that little song to the chicken that she's making for the stew. And she's like, just calls him a fucking dumbass. And I mean, she's like. She's so over the top that she's come back around to be genius. Yeah. Um, she tells the cop, like, fuck you, I have a bomb on me. And he just knows her so well that he's like, oh, whatever. It's just Ethel. <laughs> like, <laughs> I right, feel like, right. you know, every area and having worked in public safety, like I know there are those people in every area and like ethel is i just i fucking love her she cracks me up she's awful but she's so awful that she's lovable a lot of times like those awful characters um i kind of hate because a lot of times it's very heavy-handed in like their awfulness and i'm like okay whatever it's a fine line in horror yeah doing that kind of like abrasive off-putting character because a lot of times and look we all love the horror genre uh-huh. a lot of times horror creators don't have the nuance to do a character like that 
and not make them actually detestable. Yes, and the actress is... It's all her. She's incredible. Yes. Like yes. I said, the moment where she calls, she's, I think she says you're a you dumb dildo. Um, it, it is her delivery. Her comic timing is, is absolutely incredible. And you know, like does a horror movie need comic relief? Does it need that much comic relief? I don't know, whatever. Uh, I am a fan of five. I think five, um, I think it got a lot of hate for a while because it was kind of cool to hate on it, just like it was cool to hate on Halloween three. Well, because it's, everybody it's, else said it was bullshit, but then coming back, it, yeah. it but it doesn't have... matter. Yeah, like now we're old enough, wise enough to realize, like, oh, it doesn't matter that the actual Jason's not in it because it's it's one one of the most violent entries in the franchise. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's a it's a nice break. It's a it's almost a palate cleanser before we come back with like the zombie Jason maximum overdrive yep. Jason. And it has the outhouse. Ooh, baby. Ooh, oh, baby. come on. Ooh, baby. Hey. Who baby. I I wish I had some uh oh gosh, what is not burritos, uh enchiladas. Enchiladas. I enchiladas. wish I had some enchiladas right I, now. And I love that guy. His name is Miguel, gosh, yeah, the actor, I, can't I can't remember, remember. His name, but he's but also he's, in he's Return in of the Living Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he's amazing. But um, I, I have weirdly have a lot of favorite moments from from part five. Um, that's one of my favorite moments, and the fact that Ethel and the Ooh Baby Serenade outhouse scene are in the same movie exist in the same movie. Yes, it's wild, it's glorious. Yes. I absolutely love it. So Ethel is my answer with a side order of outhouse love. <laughs> Arian, what is uh, your next favorite thing? The uh, absolute over-the-top absurdity that is uh, Jason goes to hell. Uh, yes! Especially Creighton Duke. Uh, he's He makes the movie for me. That uh, makes me think of a little girl in a pink dress sticking the hot dog through a donut. <laughs> and, and that look, was on my list. <laughs> I I do genuinely like Jason Goes to Hell a lot. But Creighton, if Creighton Duke was not in that movie, I would not like it like I do. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of like a like some other movies are like it's not like the best Friday the 13th movie, but it's just a fun movie because like it's obviously not taking itself too seriously. I mean, it's crazy. It's it's, it's just trying to go as far over the top as it possibly can. And I, I agree. I appreciate movies that like don't take themselves too seriously and just like try to have some fun sometimes. Well, and and to me, after because I I part eight is is my least favorite of of the franchise even even over part three uh i just don't you mean like part nine that movie no part eight jason takes manhattan oh, I, okay sorry jason takes manhattan is my my least i i dislike it i oh. uh i would almost skip it on rewatches i dislike it so much uh, now, our commentary made me like it a little bit more, so I do recommend that all the listeners go listen to that because you'll you'll enjoy the movie more for having heard it. I feel uh, like the, the first two-thirds of eight are great, 
and it kind of goes off the rails when they actually get to Manhattan. But um, it's but then Jason goes to hell comes around, and it's almost a similar vibe to Part Six, where they're like, okay, we have had these things that have gone before, and it is time to really ramp things up. And they just go fucking bonkers. And I, I, I like Jason Goes to Hell for that. But yes, Creighton Duke, uh, the, the, the fantastic Stephen Williams true. Is, is the highlight of it for sure. Yes. I liked that movie more before I listened to an interview with the director. Um, that guy is insufferable. <laughs> FYI. Uh, yeah, that guy sucks. Like that interview made me hate him. He he tries he was to like, make it seem like a lot of the shit was intentional. Like nobody that's understood not intentional. how smart I am about this. Oh yeah, that's obvious. Oh, it was so bad. He was like, obviously, he's a deadite. That was the plan from the beginning. Yeah. It's like, shut up, dude. Insufferable prick. I, I, yeah. I'm not a fan. I don't need to hear that. Uh, all right, let's see. Oh, I'm up next. What have I got? Okay, so we. Uh well, Creighton Duke was actually next on my list, so we Creighton just covered Duke was that. Next on mine too, yeah. Uh, after Creighton Duke, I've got two things, and I can roll these two things into one because the theme song from Part Three was going to be my pick, but then I realized because that's. It's it's basically the sort of disco remix of the music, but then I realized that Harry Manfredini composed the music for parts one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Jason goes to hell. Jason X, and for the video game. So basically everything except Jason takes Manhattan. Harry Manfredini, Harry Manfredini did the music for, and you might think to yourself like, oh, well, it's the Friday the 13th music. It's, it's a ripoff of Psycho, and that's all there is. But having purchased most of these scores from Waxwork Records on their absolutely incredible vinyl releases, there is so much tone setting music that this man has made each of the movies has a different feel uh and 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 really he's like i'm not gonna go so crazy as to say he's the john williams of horror because that's a bit much but he's just got this feel for this universe i guess and I can yeah. put any of these scores on and listen to the whole thing the whole way through. They're all, all those Waxwork Records releases are two LP sets. And I'll listen to both records all the way through. And they just set this, this creepy, foreboding, but fun mood. Uh, it really is uh, this man's work is is underappreciated i think because i, I most yeah. people probably have the original friday the 13th theme song on their halloween playlist and that's fine but there's hours of phenomenal music that this man has created uh, i think he's one of the unsung heroes of the franchise 
I mean, the movies would not be the movies with different music or, you know, without Harry Manfredini. I mean, it, the, so much of it and not just the, you know, like the music absolutely sets the tone. It builds the tension. Um, it, it's, yeah, I, totally. Well, and how appropriate is it? It's funny because, uh, you know, you've got uh, the theme from Psycho and then the uh, Friday the 13th music, which is admittedly like they will straight up say, yes, we told him we want the Psycho music, but we don't want to get sued. But when you think about the parallels between Norman and Jason, very much, they're, they're there. Yeah, like it, it really does make sense uh, that thematically the the sounds are so similar. Uh, so I just I, I want this guy to get some appreciation, and and I'm not saying he's not appreciated, but like I just it really wasn't until I started buying those records from Waxworks that I really realized, man, he he created a sonic universe for Jason to live in, and and it's it's really impressive to take it all in. Uh, all right, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go. Uh, stop shaving your chest and tell us your third favorite thing. God. <laughs> I'm just chilling and drinking and thinking about Jason. Um, yeah, I will have to say Alice Cooper, Man Behind the Mask. That's yes. cool things. Yes. The jam. It's, uh, it's always on my list. Uh, Halloween playlist. It's, it's a great song. Uh, it's a phenomenal song. Which uh, wait, which one is it from? Uh, it's from, is it four? I thought it was. Is it from six? Shit, I guess I should know this. Uh, no, it's on. not four. Four. Okay, wait, because we actually recently discussed. No, it is Alan. from six. It's oh, it's it is six. Alan. Okay, yeah. So we recently discussed uh, when we did our uh, hey little drive by from Popular Kitten um, <laughs> on a recent episode where we were talking about summer songs. Our, our pal Bob Burke brought up Alice Cooper's American. What the heck is the rock and roll American? Whatever the song is. Alice Cooper has two Friday the 13th songs. One of them is like a bad, bad song, but you realize that was almost his intent. But then Man Behind the Mask is like a legit badass horror movie. Add it to your Halloween playlist. Alice Cooper song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man Behind the Mask is a jam. I don't know the other one. I I'm can't. trying to remember which... Uh, what the heck even the we we just talked about this but my i'm getting old and my brain is falling apart uh much like jason Voorhees uh himself uh but yeah man behind the mask is awesome and that's that's the one when you say alice cooper friday the 13th i think that's the song most people go to oh yeah for sure 100 percent. you guys uh, and, uh, and and i have to give a, a little a little side shout out to another great song that's not in the movies but Friday the 13th by Froggy Fresh, because that was my my other pick if I got another one. Jesus. <laughs> like that call. Wow. I'm I'm really I'm really glad you got that in. I uh I really I like that in. I feel like this episode just wouldn't have been complete 
without mentioning that. Wow, nobody if, when you Google Alice Cooper Friday the thirteenth, Man Behind the Mask is all that comes up. That yeah. other song doesn't even come up. Okay, hang on. Because now, now I've got to look it up because Bob's gonna be mad if we don't get this right. Yeah, I don't what the fuck is the other one from? That one doesn't it's, ring it's the bell like, at all. Or rock and roll, rock and roll summer, maybe is what it is. Uh yeah. rock and roll summer i know there's nothing more entertaining hard rock summer from also from friday the 13th part six. Oh, he did two songs of, what well this okay hard rock summer actually plays during the movie it's during a driving scene uh, okay and it sounds like the most like shitty generic rock song you've ever heard in your life i recommend that you guys and the listeners go listen to it as soon as this episode is over I also recommend that you go back and listen to our Hot Summer Jams episode to hear Bob Burke talk about this song. But Man Behind the Mask plays over the credits. Yeah, that's the one. Because it's actually about Jason, and you can't play a song about Jason in universe. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So we have Hard Rock Summer. Which is just generic rock song. I wish I, wish I could play this for you guys right now to get some reactions, but we don't have that capability, so we're going to move on. Uh Nicole, we need 13 good things. So you've got to give us a 13th thing to love about Friday the 13th. Wrap it up. No pressure. I've got so many. Um, We only need one. Crazy Ralph. Crazy Ralph is good. Crazy Ralph. I feel like I was going to go with some stuff about part four because I love part four, but I think to close this out, we need to talk about Crazy Ralph because would it even be a thing if it weren't for Crazy Ralph? If it wasn't for that guy? And again, another trope that they created, the crazy the, guy warning the, well, the, the doom, The doomsayer. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which kind of was created kind of created beforehand, but like you get out of here, you dead kids. Yeah, and then he comes don't back. Go up there. Like, that land is cursed. Don't go in curse. the marsh. Yeah, don't it's, go in the marsh. Yeah, it's got a death curse. His death, death curse. is amazing. Oh. Um, you know that he's like garroted. well, his death is amazing but disappointing. Well, yeah. Because when he okay, wait, we first what was his first appearance? First appearance was, was it one. the first movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he shows up in the first movie, but then he's not killed until the second movie, right? Yeah, he's killed in two. He's he's killed off camera, but then they flash back to it. Right, right. And he's garroted uh against a tree. With like a yes. fire type thing. Um, and then it was one of the ones which in the Shout Factory release, they showed extended um, cuts of it. So it's hard for my brain now to remember what I, was I know, right, in right. and what was in this extended uh, cut, but it's pretty glorious. I mean, it's pretty brutal. Like he comes behind him at, at like and pulls the garrote against him, which pulls him against the tree and just like, Eh, eh. Um, it, Crazy it, Ralph is awesome. I wonder if, in retrospect, 
the people in control of the franchise might have let him live to go on to to be the doomsayer for like all of the movies. I, I would have liked that. Man, imagine I if wish. he like imagine if he was like in space. <laughs> that would have been <laughs> or, 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 or one of one of his one or, or no, he's a head in a jar on like yes. spider legs. I like it. I like it. Oh my god, can we make that movie? I think so, yes. I'm sure I'm it would be when the actor died. Um I can't sure. raise I think enough, it was I, a long time ago. I can't raise enough money to support this podcast, but I imagine it would be very easy for us to raise enough money to to produce a, a Friday the thirteenth film. Yeah, with spider leg. With spider, spider with, leg with, with, a, with a head in a jar. My gosh, I wish NECA could do a Ralph figure. I would buy seven of them. I I well, I'd buy one, but I would like <laughs> yeah, I would just have the one. <laughs> we are only really need one. Yeah. Just have a shelf dedicated to that figure. He All right, you guys. He, he died in 2004. So. Oh, so he made it a while. He could have yeah. been in all the he movies. could have been in Jason he, X. He oh, really man. could have. You guys, uh, thank that you. That was a opportunity. Uh, we love Friday the 13th to varying degrees and for different reasons, but it, it is a beloved franchise, and I think deservedly so. It's done yeah. a lot of different things over the years. It's reinvented itself over time uh and anytime we have this wacky convergence of hey it's a friday the 13th rather than thinking about the traditional superstition which is where the franchise got its name people now think about this franchise that yes it's full of gore it's full full of uh murder and and all kinds of horrible things but i think for the most part when people think about this franchise it's with positivity. It's with a sense of fun. It's with love. So now when a Friday the 13th actually happens on the calendar, that's the feeling we get like, oh, it's Jason Day. Awesome. Let's mm-hmm. celebrate. So I think that's a good thing. It is. Right. Yeah. Uh, you guys, before we go, you got to tell us where you are online, what you're up to. I'll say this really, really uh, quickly before we get to that. Uh, if you are going to Dragon Con, you will see three quarters of this crew in yes. quite a few of the panels that you will be attending. We got stuff on the classics track. We've got stuff on the horror track. We've got a new installment of the Big Damn Game Show. Uh, so get that Dragon Con app. Look for Dave West. Add him to your stuff. And... Uh, follow along and if you're not going to be at dragon con like our pal arian here then you'll be able to hear all of the panels that we're on or most of the panels that we're on uh as broadcasts of the needless things podcast after dragon con so uh now arian we'll start with you we know you like to keep a low profile not a lot going on mostly focused on cute dog pictures it's true uh if you must find me, you can at, at such a lazy man on Instagram. I currently have it set to private because I'm looking for a new job. And frankly, uh, I, uh, other than the pet pictures, I don't need uh, prospective employers seeing all of the radical communist uh, <laughs> online these days. That's fair. Yes. Stuff along the lines of wear a mask and get vaccinated. And, and uh, for you listeners... That's an important thing to think about 
employers are 100% looking at your social media. Oh yeah. No, I, uh, that's a I, thing. That's a fact. Yeah. I have, I have a secret Twitter that can't be traced to me with it set to public. But other than that, like all of my social media is set to private and it's going to stay that way. Uh, if you add me and you want to see pictures of my dumb fucking animals and memes, uh, I'll probably approve you if you don't look like a, a bot. I don't know. Whatever. Cop. Yeah, no fucking cop. Yeah. Cadavers. Robocop probably approved. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you can find me at DragonCon, uh, partying with these guys and having a good old time. Woo! And, uh, yeah, that I mean, that's about all I got to promote right now. Booze. Yes. Booze. Lots of booze. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Battle Cougar, um, mostly for pictures of Newt um, and things that I find amusing that most other people don't. Um, and you can buy our candles at Cadaver Candle Co. Uh, on Instagram and pretty much everything else. Um, and if you can't get enough of me, Come to fucking Dragon Con and hang out with me and bring me some booze. Although I'm getting old and I'm pretty much going to stick to vodka because if I mix alcohol, I have a hangover for like a week. So bring me only the kind of booze that I want you to bring me. Yeah, vodka. Valid. If, if you come with anything other than vodka, you, you can fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or those little seltzers. I do like the White Claws. Oh, jeez. I do. They're so tasty. The claw is the law, bro. It oh, is. Although, although there might be dollops. Uh, yeah. Ryan just held up a, 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 some kind of fucking green white claw. It's um, yum. It's lime. There will be dollops of fireball and uh, jacko blast. Uh, now, I will take a Jacko Blast straight to the mouth. Right in the face. Right in the mouth. Don't, is don't get Blast it. still around? I don't know. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't in 2019. Yeah. So we'll see what 2021 has to offer. You guys, thank you so much for coming and talking about Jason Voorhees. <laughs> uh, we will be back next month with our regularly scheduled Needless Commentary. It's, should I say I'll say it. Escape! From LA. Hell yeah. Cheers. Later, guys. Bye. It occurred to me to be absolutely petrified at the possibility that my microphone problem had occurred while we recorded that because I hadn't listened back to it yet. And I was like, oh my gosh, what if I plug this audio in and it's got the in the background? Fortunately, it did not, which kind of reaffirms my suspicion that the update and reset uh, from the other day is what jacked up my my settings in the first place. Check your settings, people. Check your settings before you record. What? What? Number one rule of the Needless Things podcast, always be recording. Number two rule, uh, always check your settings before you record. Although if you're always recording, is there ever a before you record? Anyway, thank you for listening. Please check out the Needless Things Podcast Facebook group. Uh, join the conversation over there. We do polls and stuff and ask questions to help me through life. Uh, 
check out the Needless Things YouTube channel. Two toy, at least two toy reviews each and every week. Uh, you will find the Needless Things podcast there uh, almost every Friday. The first Friday of the month, you will get Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast, not on the YouTube channel, but everywhere else you find your podcasts. Uh, and Dragon Con is coming up. I, I don't, I'm not going to share the panels here. We've already talked about the Big Damn Game Show. It's back. It's Friday night. It's 10 p.m. We'll get into more detail on that soon. As a matter of fact, next week... Our Dragon Con episodes begin. I have three special episodes of the Needless Things podcast focused around Dragon Con, but you can still enjoy them even if you're not going to Dragon Con. I love you guys. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.